welcome to the Cultivate and Keep podcast with myself and the lovely Corey Haynes. Hey, hey. How you doing, my friend? Good, dude. How are you? It is well with my soul, I must say. (laughs) Nice. Dude, I'm digging this like remote recording thing. It's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. We're trying out the software. It's, um, uh, we just did an interview with, um, Tyler, which was published last week, last week and was a great conversation. Um, yeah, I'm actually sort of consulting with, uh, with this company that the founder of their startup helping with marketing stuff. So I figured I'd give them a try and it's pretty fun. It makes, it makes it good. So hopefully, I mean, I think we already know, but it, it sounds decent enough. I think it's good. Maybe we'll find out, right? We'll, we'll it, find out. Yeah, I, I did a, a test. Yeah, I did a test, but um, should be good. Yeah. yeah, if if you as a listener don't like it, or if we sound horrible and we don't know it, let us know. But um, otherwise, we'll use it. Yeah, once or if in a you while. if you feel like our dynamics are better in person, like let us know. You know, I think we both need an excuse to hang out. So it's very true. You know, be... Yeah, I, I think that there's <laughs> it's a little bit tougher over a screen, um, but the fun part is that didn't have to travel and we're just right here just spin it up and then we're recording like nothing i mean it's not like you spend enough time at home right (laughs) during the week (laughs) oh man yeah it's it's, Uh, dude especially it's been so hot and uh yes it has if you're in san diego dude did i tell you about my eye i I didn't oh my gosh okay well this is why i bring it so I've been at home literally 24 seven the last week, even though it's been so hot. So on Tuesday, uh, after we hung out, after we recorded, I think, remember I told you, I was like, man, my eye is really bugging me. And like, there's something weird. I was like always rubbing it. And okay. I, I thought it was making a big deal out of it. Apparently I wasn't, but, um, I came home, Monique and I turned on the basketball game, by the way, she's been, uh, she's becoming a basketball junkie, which I'm all for, nice. but, uh, my eyes started watering a lot and I was like, Oh my gosh, what's happening with my eye? Went into the bathroom and my eye was like bloodshot red. Like, so I've never seen it more red before. And, um, and I felt like it was going to explode. So I took my contact out and then I washed it out. I was rubbing it a bunch. Um, it was okay, but it still kind of bothered me. The next morning I woke up and I had a migraine and it literally felt like my eye was going to explode. Like I couldn't even open it. It was black and blue. And so I tapped Monique on the shoulder like seven in the morning and was like, Hey, I think we need to go to a doctor. And, um, so went to urgent care. turns out I had a, uh, corneal ulcer, which is, um, an ulcer on the cornea of your eye. And it's because I slept in my contacts a couple nights, um, and, and have, Holy cow. yeah, but thank goodness it was minor. It wasn't major. So it didn't need any surgery or anything. Just got some anti- antibiotic drops, um, but took a couple days off of work cause I literally couldn't open my eye and was super sensitive to light and, uh, and yeah, spent the whole rest of the weekend just like reading and listening to podcasts. <laughs> so Dude, that's crazy. yeah, today is actually the first day I put my contacts back in. So it is well with my soul. I am much better. I think you're going to kill that dude by the end of this oh, yeah. podcast. I think I've already killed it. Unfortunately. <laughs> Well, that makes sense because I was wondering why you look a little puffy. So I can tell you're kind of on the the tail end. So yes, thank yeah. you, thank you very much. Yeah, but it's uh, funny. How are you doing? Anything new with you? Um, nothing as of current. Um, I mean, when this comes out, I mean, I think so. 
as of recording, what it's the eighth. Yeah, so we just had this weekend has been you know those crazy fires in Alpine. So mm. oh, uh, yeah. that was crazy. I mean, um, my so my wife's dad he lost his home in the two thousand and three fires. Really, and now he lives. Yeah, um, and it was like super traumatic. Like they had to rush out and like you know grab just a few things and then like leave the house. And as they're driving away, they literally watch like flames like encircle the property and and uh, wow. <laughs> burn or begin to burn down before they got out. Uh, but now he lives uh, about 10 minutes into Alpine on Hopatool Road. And so he's like right in the middle of all the fires. And so um, dude, it was crazy on like, so on Saturday he had uh, my niece. And so uh, this weekend, <clears throat> Connie and all the girls were at the bachelorette party for her sister who's getting married. Oh. And so, um, so uh, the sister obviously, you know, gave her daughter to the dad to watch for the weekend. And so uh, the fire started happening. And so then they're freaking out like, man, like dad, dad's in trouble. Dad's house is going to burn down. Plus he has like our, you know, has my daughter. Right. Jeez. And so uh, at, that, at this point, the roads weren't closed down. So I went up to Alpine and I was supposed to be drumming for church. And so we got there for rehearsal and we like we're setting up and I get the call. Hey, like, mm. can you go, you know, get get Evie, get the get the baby and kind of bring her back to East County. So went up there and got Evie and kind of hung out and, you know, they were doing okay. Nothing crazy happened yet. And then the next day we thought everything was okay. And then right around noon, same thing. He had to evacuate. And it, this time it was much worse. And I have videos I was sending you, right? Yeah. But I mean, obviously like it, the flames are about 30 feet high and we're about 30 to 40 feet away from his home. And it literally burnt all the way up to his fence line, which is so crazy. Jeez. Um, around his, around his property, he's like, covered like with you know trees and brush but uh, on his property he like graded all of it mm. so there's like a 20 foot like dirt um like paved road essentially not paved but, like a dirt road between um like his fence line and like his uh like, like plants and whatnot and trees and so thankfully it didn't burn his home but it burnt like literally everything to the line so wow. it was crazy we, we were like we and we couldn't get out there either because the roads were closed and so we were like up at Alpine all day, like kind of hanging out nearby in case we could get out there and if we could help out in any way. Mm. Um, but dude, that was crazy. So that's like the biggest like update as of now. Like didn't directly affect me, but um, you know, still scary. Like your family and going through that and, yeah. and whatnot. It seemed like the smoke in the air. It just, it's pretty crazy. That's so. nuts. Well, I'm glad everything's okay. House, house made it. That's really, um, really smart, really fortunate that they uh, landscaped enough so that there was that kind of buffer between where the fire could you know could get up to and how far that was from the house mm -hmm. yeah he said that i mean it wasn't really with in the intent to like prevent fires kind of more just like you know he owns a company that does construction he does grading so he was like might as well like clean up my property so when he bought it he like cleaned it all up and cleared brush and whatnot um but like so his neighbor that um the fire literally went like just straight through his neighbor's property and house burnt it all down wow um, because that guy had did no grading, just simply like had his his property in the middle of like the Hopatool forest, you know. Yeah. So that guy had no chance, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, dude, if you're thinking of buying out in Hopatool, I would not recommend. <laughs> Unless you own a construction company and can grade your whole property and crazy, remove all the dude. brush. Yeah. Yeah, that's scary. Um. Anyway, so I mean, maybe I don't know. This episode may be more fitting, but um, at home group last week, um you know mike you know we had like a little discussion and we went into worship and uh brianna wills uh was leading worship and she was playing that the modern day song it as well and about halfway through the song mike kind of got up and interrupted her and kind of shared like the the like origin story of how this song was written 
Um, and like the modern day version that we sing today is kind of like a, like a new twist on it. But, you know, it was originally like a, a hymn written by, um, I believe it's pronounced Horatio Spafford. Um, uh, and you know, it was written, you know, several hundred years ago. And I just kind of thought like, man, like the way Mike, like just kind of talked through the story was like super compelling for like, just thinking of what's going on right now, right? With, with the fires and just this political craziness and the riots and everything. And I, I thought, man, like this is a, like a cool little thought to chew on, you know, it's going to, you know, be short, nothing, nothing too elaborate on this little song, but it's a cool little story. So I thought I would just kind of talk, you know, I would share it and kind of talk it through and I'll summarize it. Um, if you want to like read the full details, you know, just Google it and look it up. Um, but anyway, so in 1871, this guy Horatio, um, you know, he was a pretty successful attorney and real estate investor. And so he had a lot of money, he had a lot of property. And um, I've, I've never heard of this, but I guess there was a thing called the Great Fire of, of oh, sorry, the Great Chicago Fire hmm. of, of 1871. I've never heard about it, but it sounds like it was um, a big fire. <laughs> um, and so uh, in that time, he lost his property and he lost a lot of his kind of just like land that he had. Um, and then right around the same year, his uh, four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. And so, dude, like this guy, you know, kind of goes from like doing well, being successful, kind of being up there and pretty quickly a few bad things happen. And so um, and he was kind of thinking like, man, like this would be a good time to kind of get the family away from all this. Let's do a little vacation. And so... I don't know the details of why, but uh, he couldn't go with, with his family um, kind of at the onset of the vacation. So he sent his wife and his four daughters um, on a ship to England, and he was planning to meet up with them later on. And um, I guess there was some storm as they were crossing the Atlantic Ocean, and the ship ended up there was like some collision, and the ship uh, sank, and more than two hundred people lost their lives, uh, and his four daughters were included in that number. And so uh, his wife survived it, but. Um, just like crazy thinking like how quickly like that some tragic things happened to this dude, right? So he loses his property, loses his uh, four-year-old son, and then within weeks loses his four daughters like in an instant like that. And so obviously this is different times, right? So back in 1870s. And so uh, when his wife got to England, she sent him a telegram kind of telling him what happened and kind of asked like, you know, what should I do? And so he pretty quickly just dropped what he was doing and set sail for uh, for England and kind of as the story goes like there was a point on the voyage where like, the captain of the ship knew what had happened to his family and so uh, when they were they obviously followed the same route and so when they kind of got near the spot of what um, that the shipwreck and what happened you know the, the captain let hit the Horatio know hey man like this is kind of you know where it happened and how it happened and so uh, I guess you know he just took some time and kind of just like reflected and thought and kind of wrote down his thoughts as he was crossing through that area and, and that's kind of how this song was written and so um, it could create I mean, if you if you read the lyrics of of the song and so the lyrics of the modern day version are a bit different than how it was when he obviously wrote the hymn but uh, like in the modern day versions there is a there's a line that says uh, the waves and wind still know your name and um, when Mike kind of told that story i had no idea i didn't know but i remember when this song was like released by bethel i think it was like five years ago i remember like at a weekend service like hearing it and like like, being brought to tears like thinking of those words like the waves and winds still know your name Hmm. and i'm pretty sure like i posted on facebook whatever like just those those lyrics and actually a few months ago kind of random like a facebook memory popped up and it was that it was the waves and winds still know your name and so i think like all these things kind of like combined together when Mike shared this story I was like whoa like this is awesome like a a really cool like understanding of how this originated so I don't know dude I just kind of thought we would I would just recap that and then I don't know, just kind of talk I want I don't know, just be thinking about like like I said this is 
we're in some weird times. I think some people are probably experiencing like more difficulties than others, but just like in general, like, dude, like when life doesn't go as planned, when tragic things happen, like being brought back to like, it is well with my soul, the waves and winds still know your name. Um, kind of understanding like when sorrows and like hard things come, like still like peace, like a river, like, you know, God is with us. And so mm. I think it's a good thing to kind of chew up and throw around and, you know, for a discussion. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I've been thinking about this same thing a lot, actually, uh, pretty recently. And it's interesting. Like if, if you look at it, if you read it through, you know, it is well, it is well with my soul. It's not saying like my life is great or like it's well with my heart, my emotions, my mind. Like he's saying it's well with my soul. And, um, I mean, that, that's some real perspective because this life isn't mo- meant to be, it's not guaranteed to be easy, painless, you know, breezy where you just, you know, supposed to be happy all the time. And that's what life is all about. Like, no, actually we, we kind of have a, a mission here. God doesn't guarantee that life is going to be easier. It's going to go our way or that we're going to be able to avoid any and all kind of tragedy in life. But regardless it is well, like, it's pretty powerful that we can be able to say like literally no matter what happens in this life, I can know that it's going to be okay. And that my soul especially is like, what is, uh, what is safe? You know, like no one can ever take that away and nothing could ever happen to you. That was so bad that you would, uh, lose your soul, soul quote unquote, right. Or you would, uh, lose your salvation. Right. Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard to think that way though. I don't know. It's, I, I love the idea of like, okay, no matter what happens, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to be happy because I know that, uh, the Lord has my heart and my soul and that my salvation is intact and that I want to join him in heaven one day. But like, it's, it's really rough when you're like in the middle of it and you're like, all right, well, it's hitting the fan, you know, like, life is crazy the world's going mm-hmm. to poop and all this stuff is happening or if you're like Horatio and you lose your daughters I can even imagine but definitely one of those simple not easy concepts yeah I mean I think like, understanding the context of how this uh, hymn was written like really puts things into perspective like I don't know I've, I mean we've talked a lot about this but like for sure this year has not gone as planned for like a ton of people and like, you know, and kind of from like a selfish perspective, like thinking for myself, like the things that I had planned and wanted for this year, like just aren't happening bottom line. And, and there's not a whole lot I can really do about that. Um, there are ways I can like adjust and pivot obviously, but um, like for my original plans and how I was uh, planning to achieve those goals, like I have to adjust or I have to do things differently. And so it's just like, I've, I constantly find myself just being like frustrated. And, and I, was, I was thinking about it like, okay, so like, what am I upset about? Okay. So I'm upset because like, I'm not making like the amount of money that I want to <laughs> this year. I'm upset because I can't like make more investments and I have to like have a full-time job now. <laughs> like all like not bad things. Like right. if you think about what I'm upset about, like yeah. kind of being a weenie boy, right? There's no reason <laughs> to like complain about that. We're fine. We're surviving. Like we're going to make it. Um, just the bottom line is like my plans just aren't what they thought they they would be for 2020. And I think it's important, like, again, kind of going back to what we, a bit of what I've been talking about, kind of, of some of the, 
like teaching points of Jocko, but like just taking a step back and like kind of looking at like, you know, what is it that you're actually feeling? Like, what is it that is kind of going on in these circumstances? And like, what can you do about it? How can you adjust? How can you make a change? How can you kind of, you know, maybe just take a look at it from a different perspective? And again, like with this hymn, like, if, you know, if you find yourself kind of like me, like complaining kind of about nothing, right? Like, yes, it's a bummer, but like there are far worse things that could happen. Like, you know, I think reading a story like this is a good, like, you know, punch in the face, like, hey, do you like snap out of it kind of deal? You know, like, like I said, there are more things that could go wrong. And so and, and in all that, like, let's just say like my circumstances were, were of that, of this, of this story, like, we're not saying like God is, it is well with my soul. Like, you know, when I'm on top of the world and when things are you know, flowing well, but like, do like in the lowest of the low, like in like deep, like heartache and pain and like passing over the spot to where I, I lost my poor young daughters. Like it is still well with my soul. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it's, it's enlightening, you know? Yeah. Uh, Tyler in his book, actually searching for seven. Um, one of the chapters talks about, uh, like the glory of God and situations and circumstances, which, you know, it's kind of like when life doesn't go your way, essentially. And he shares a story of um, this guy who is in college and, you know, he's a kid, 21, 22. He's not a kid. He's an adult, but, you know, a young guy. And he ends up driving drunk one night and killing four other girls. I think it was four. Um, And, he was convicted, found guilty. Uh, and then I think he was sentenced to something like 22 years, I want to say. And so it was like basically, you know, half of his life, you know, just kind of like thrown away. It's going to be locked up for the prime of his years. Um, and he ended up finding Christ in prison, becoming a Christian. Um, and coincidentally, I mean, not coincidentally, but around the same time, uh, one of the mothers of the dot, one of the daughters that, uh, one of the girls that he killed reached out to him and actually like started the process for an appeal to his sentence to shorten it. Um, and she expressed that she forgave him and wanted the best for him. And then, you know, he told her that, uh, he was a Christian and then, you know, she was a really strong Christian and that's why she felt compelled to forgive him and to appeal him, uh, for, for him to have a shorter sentence. Um, and, and after that, after he got out of prison, they actually basically like started a ministry together and went around to colleges and prisons and, and shared their story of forgiveness and of, and of redemption. And one of the things that she says, you know, like, of why, you know, is like, she, she basically said like, it's okay that my daughter is dead because I know that she went to be with the Lord. And, but why should I let this kind of, you know, uh, selfish desire of mine to get, you know, vengeance on this man blind me to the fact that he is a person that he deserves forgiveness and grace and mercy, just like anyone else. And that actually I could, I am the best, the best person qualified to give that to him uh to be kind of like this vessel that the lord uses in his life and so he he kind of challenges people with like what if your tragedy or um something bad that happens to you is 
God's glory for someone else. And I, that's like a really hard thing to wrestle with. But again, it, it's perspective. Like how, how is God moving in this? Uh, it's not all bad. Like there, there is always something to be redeemed from whatever happens. Do you know how long he ended up um, being in prison? I think he ended up serving like seven to 10 years or something like that. It was drastically, you know, reduced. That's crazy. But I mean, even in that, like that was the mom, right? You said, yeah. Of one of the daughters. So like thinking like, <clears throat> what, you know, the point you said about like in some form of tragedy that you may like go through, like how, how can God's glory still like, you know, be brought through that and how, how could someone else benefit from what you went through? Um, yeah. I mean, kind of thinking in context of 2020 right now for myself, like, I don't know what that looks like for me, mm. but I think just on like a basic level, like, you know, still being faithful, obviously, and kind of just keeping like, um, uh, like a heart of being grateful and like content for what I do have. Like for me, things could look a lot different, right? Like I, uh, like I'm super like, grateful that I, like, I have an opportunity to go work, you know, work for my dad and do things like that. Like, you know, even that could be different. Right. And so, yeah. um, I, I just think on a basic level of like analyzing kind of your situation and, and you know, what, you know, what can you do? Like, what can you do, do to bring God and that glory through it? And how, like, how can you maintain like a grateful heart and being content? And I, I think there's something to like, kind of just being like, you know, what's the word? Like kind of being in the dumps and like having like a, like a down attitude about a circumstance, whether it's hard or not. So whether like my example of kind of not really that horrible, like it sucks, but whatever, more like inconvenience versus like a story like we read about today with, um, you know, the death of what five of his, of his kids, um, well, all five of his kids. Yeah. So like in either, in either circumstances, like if you're going to go through that and like be in the dumps, like, well, what does that say about your faith? What does that say about mm. like, this God that you say that you, that you love and you respect and you follow. Like, um, again, I, I've never experienced anything like this story, but, um, like either one, like going through it, like the way you do, like it matters. And I think like not only just for like an example to other people, but just, like your, your testimony for like loving and serving the Lord, you know? Yeah. It's huge. I mean, it, it's kind of, it is the ultimate test. Uh, it reminds me of, um, the insanity of God and some of the stories that Nick Ripken, you know, the sort of his pen name shares about just insanely tragic things that were going on in East Africa and Northern Africa of, you know, murders and, um, people that, they, you know, kids starving, like all that, there, there was just so much going on. And mm-hmm. it was actually through that, that he felt the closest to the Lord and, and learned the most um, because of the tragedy. Now it wasn't his own tragedy. There were, you know, friends that were killed and uh, and there were a lot of people that he got to know of and, and, and loved people that he was ministering to church members. But again, through that, like how, how was God working? You know, you know what the hard part about it is you, you sort of mentioned it earlier, but like we don't always get to know like what the result is or like kind of we don't get to see the end of the story sometimes mm-hmm. um yeah it's hard to, to wrestle with and, and a little bit hard to deal with in the moment but i think that i mean that's why there's scripture of you know the lord's going to work all things together for his good and the promises of the lord are true and 
like that, that is kind of the faith that goes into this. So of you trusting that God is going to be glorified if you do respond correctly. And if you lean into him instead of being like, what the heck? And I'm going to turn away from God and, and basically respond negatively. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so, you know, in this story, like when this, when this guy, um, was writing his thoughts. I mean, it says that he was just journaling, right? So he wasn't necessarily writing like a, a hymn. Mm. He was he was journaling. He was simply like jotting down like a thought he had, like in this moment of like mourning and kind of feeling what was going on. And like, look, you know, almost three hundred years later, like we're, we're now we're talking about it and we're um, and think of like just how that song has kind of evolved and changed th- through the years and like the the massive scale of like churches playing that all on the all around the world and we know you know thousands of people have heard this story before if not more and so yeah like we don't always know the result and i and i just think like this is a good example of you don't know what's going to happen but like honor god through it and maintain like a steady head you know yeah yeah that's uh, that's a good point actually i didn't i didn't really think about how the the story ends with you know him just being comforted and that's the end of it like we don't get to hear I mean, now we see the fruits of it, right? It was turned into this famous song and it's uh, the hymn, you know, really impacted a lot of people over the years, but like he didn't know that probably. And, yeah. and also like we don't get to see all the details and things like we, we know at a high level maybe how this has impacted people much later, but it could be that in the moment we don't really get to see the fruit of that. Yeah, yeah dude. Well, um, kind of all my thoughts that I had on it, but I'm not sure if you have anything else you want to share. I don't think, I mean, yeah, I just think with, um, with the political craziness, with coronavirus, with fires, uh, tornadoes, hurricanes, there's been a lot of it's crazy, crazy stuff in 2020. Um, and there's never enough reminders of something like this. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm with you there. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it. Um, if you liked this episode, let us know. Uh, let us know, I don't know, things you're going through, um, struggles, tragedies. Uh, if you have a story to, sh- to share, please do. You can find us on social media. You can email us at cultivateandkeep.com. It would go a long, long way if you can share it with a friend and if you can leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Otherwise, we'll see you in the next one. Bye.